an artist in residence. In the oak grove, he sits staring, the resident artist at a local botanic garden. Terry Givens brings his pen and sketchbook, hat and lunch. He sits on a bench in the shade, seeing lines, forms, composition everywhere. Hues, values, emotion, mood. As his eye follows convoluted trunk and limb lines, memories come up, reminders of paths he himself followed. His pen tip too follows all these lines and, and more. Some past paths he recalled worked out, some not as well. His pen lines too all conspired to bring him to this place now. The schooling, the classes, his teaching, even his positions at a high state level, all of the artworks he'd known or wished that he'd done. All the artists from long ago, the books he read, paintings he'd planned, done and left undone. While Terry sits lost in thought far off, his pen walks its own way. It takes his dots for walks and does it again and again. The oak tree takes Terry's line and loses it within itself, caressing form, suggesting movement and pulling Terry's hand, singing unspoken histories, tantalizing with hidden secrets. How old was this tree already by the time Terry's grandparents were born? How long after Terry is long forgotten will this tree still stand? By the time he looks up, sandwich uneaten, the sun is going down. He stretches, picks up his things. He notices the simple sketch. Maybe tonight he'll find the time to add a splash of accenting watercolor here and there. Maybe he will see this tree tonight again while he sleeps and dreams. All right, that was Ken Johnson. Uh, welcome to the Inland Valley Art and Literature Show. Uh, my name is John Branningham. And I'm Kate Flannery, a uh, lawyer and writer in Claremont. And I'm Kent Johnson, and I write and paint in Upland. And we are, uh, today we're talking about uh, the art of Terry Givens, which is part of a kind of a larger project uh, that we've been, some of us have been doing, which is exploring the, our local inland empire artists and what they do and, and it feels in the Inland Empire feels like a incohesive place, uh, but it's not uncohesive, incohesive, not cohesive, like incohesive, incohesive, <laughs> and uh, un uncoherent. I'm being today, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but it's not, you know. And it, there, there, there is a there is an inland voice, and I think um, Terry is one of those people who really was one of the the originators, and his, his work is absolutely beautiful. Um, Ken, you just heard a, a, a quick memoir piece, a flash memoir from, from Ken Johnson, um, who knows Terry. And I wonder if you could talk to us, just Ken, just about where that comes from, what that piece was from, how, what inspired it, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, Terry is this amazing guy. And I first met him through the Claremont United Methodist Church, where he attended and I attended. And I met him there and I, I got to know him a little bit and then suddenly I, I didn't know what he did and who he was until he started becoming involved in this quite radical um, artist group within the church that planned the, the um, annual 
holiday display out on Foothill Boulevard. And this display was really something. They would do um, tableaus and they, they might talk about immigration this year. And so they would have um, three cages and um, one of the cages would have the mother and one the father and the third the, the child. And it was situated in such a way that the child was in the middle cage and the child was obviously a reference to Christ child. And uh, these were immigrants dressed in contemporary clothing and, and in jail cell sorts of, of um, um, beds and chairs and stuff like that. So it drew a huge outcry from the community, just enormous. I mean, they were on, on local newscasts for this yeah, and people this. just were howling for blood over this thing. And, and so I, I, I was, you know, every now and then I'd run into Terry and I'd talk to him about this. Terry's really this mild mannered looking person. He doesn't look, he doesn't look, act or smell like a radical. He's, he's like straight arrow and, or at least he comes across, but he's got this wild streak um, inside. He worked with that for a number of years and I got to talking about, turned out Terry Givens used to be um, a, he worked in the Department of Education in Sacramento as, a, as an arts specialist. And so that's where he got his, his um, that's where he was most of his career. He does fantastic things. And so he retired and I got to know him yet again in a different capacity and, and started uh, running into him up at the, what was then called the Rancho Santa Ana Botanic Gardens. It's now called the California Botanic Gardens. And there's Terry as an artist in residence. And he would do just kind of what I described. Um, he'd, he'd go sit in the garden and draw. He'd make sketches and then he would come back and, and um, touch them up a little bit and, and put splashes of watercolor. Just, and, and so the result is they don't look like ancient Japanese um, prints. They look contemporary California, but they act like ancient Japanese prints. They act like Zen paintings, Zen water brush paintings where, where some natural uh, place is depicted in minimal, minimal and slightly stylized ways. And um, he's had um, a, a total of four books that have had that are called Prayers in the Garden. And they don't have a word in them. It's just these sketches. And he calls them prayers. And the guy's quite surprising and, and an asset to the community. Uh, so yeah. I'm and I understand that that you and Scott Creeley are are working on a project about him. And I 
I can't think of a happier project for you guys to take on. Yeah, we're, we're hoping, we're, we're thinking, and Gene Sassy's in on this with us, that we'll, we'll have a, a show, the three of us, up in the Progress Gallery at some point. Good. Um, and I think that he, he, to me, seems like one of these people who's really working out of a tradition of California art, continuing it. You, you know, you, you mentioned the Japanese uh, influence in the sense of um, there's a connection there. And I think a lot of the, the California plain air painters were, were influenced, inspired by that thing, right? There's a lot of work out there. Yeah, well, the Japanese influence on Western art in general goes clear back to Van Gogh when, when Japan was opened up to trade forcibly and they, it altered the economy and it created the, the uh, kind of um, anti-cultural zones and, and they did, among other things, they invented block prints and sold them to the West. So Amsterdam and Rotterdam and Paris were inundated with these things and it just profoundly affected all the artists in the late 1800s. Mm -hmm. And he's continuing that sort of mission. The and he's, yeah, that, that carries over, you know, it's a, it's a world art form more than a Western or Eastern. Okay, before, before we got started on the podcast, you were talking about uh, kind of the way you saw his work and the influence it had on you. Very much so. Um, Terry is, like I say, he comes out of that tradition of, of California art that was influenced by the East and that affected me. And, and so I've, I've really enjoyed um, this opportunity of, of being affected by him when he does, um, when he does a print uh, or, a, or a drawing in, in the uh, Botanic Gardens. They're very, very simple. He doesn't, he doesn't put stuff in the sky and he, he does minimal line drawing and conveys mood with, with a flowed in art, uh, excuse me, uh, watercolor. And, and it's done, you know, it's not, it's not hit you in the head kind of aesthetic. It's very subtle and, and very in keeping with the mood of, of what he's doing. I think having a gallery full of his stuff sounds like one of the most exciting things I've heard in a long time. Great, Kate, yeah. Yeah, one of the things, and I, I keep seeing these parallels when, when we get to talking about art and literature, I keep seeing these parallels between work done by people like Terry Gibbons and poetry, where so much of the uh, impact of a piece is in what's not there. It's in the space in between. And, you know, coming from a musical background, you see it in music as well. It's not just the, the flow of notes, it's the, the pauses or the surprises or the, the breaks in, in rhythm or something like that that really keep your attention focused, obviously, but also draw you in, which I think is 
what's so remarkable about what Terry does. Well, you know, if you think a look at, if you think about art and poetry, um, and you think about Terry Givens, he reminds me uh, in a spiritual way to, uh, to uh, William Carlos Williams. And I think of the Red Wheelbarrow poem, which is, goes, so much depends upon a red wheelbarrow glazed with, with rainwater beside the white chicken. Okay, well, you know what makes that poem, that, that poem doesn't work except for the first line, makes everything work. So much depends, right? Uh, otherwise, I would say, this is significant. And then we as people fill in the significance, right? And which is kind of what he's doing too. He's drawing our eye to color and saying, well, here, here's, here's a place of signification. Um, I might've just made that word up. Uh, and here, here, no, I didn't, oh, good. Uh, and, <laughs> what, and, and I, I find that absolutely gorgeous, right? I think you find that in flash fiction as well. Um, if flash fiction is sort of the ultimate um, manifestation in fiction of, of Hemingway's iceberg theory. Um, yeah. And I, I think this, this too, I wonder, I wonder if we could make an, an argument this is, he's really using that, that theory, that, that iceberg theory to, to convey a, a, a sense of something. I, I think absolutely you can make that case. Um, it's imagist art, which is corresponds with imagist poetry. So the more abstract a piece, interestingly, the more concrete it becomes. Uh -huh. And did you did you ever have a chance to talk with him about? Um, his his art. He sounds like he's a, a quiet kind of a guy. But you're an artist. He's an artist. And I, I'm wondering if he ever if you ever got into some quiet talk about about what he does and how he does it. I've been very frustrated with my relationship with Terry in that regard because I want to talk, and and he just doesn't want to waste a lot of words. You know, He'd rather draw about it. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, uh, this this just brings up a side issue for me. It's uh, I spent a lot of time with writers and I spent a lot of time with artists, and I'm, I always feel a little uncomfortable with the artists because they're they're not verbal in the way writers are. Yeah, uh, and it makes me feel like everyone's angry, but of course they're not they're not angry. It's just they don't talk, you know. They're, they're withholding. Yeah, that's what I get out of Terry. He's <laughs> he's he's the perfect stereotypic artist in that sense, only ten times more so. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, he just he's makes keeps brilliant eye contact. His body language is perfect. Um, he nods <laughs> very acutely. Um, but damn, you can't get nouns or verbs out of him. It's funny, you know. And and he and he's very spare on the adjectives, adverbs as well. Well, his, his gutturalisms. You know, but if it's like his art, then you know he's probably using two or three words to say more than the rest of us can. Absolutely, and timing. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, it's um, I I didn't know I, I I was really interested and excited about that piece he did on Foothill Boulevard. And I guess other people did it with him. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know that was him, but it, it's in keeping with what you're talking about because yeah. there wasn't much there, but it made a huge impact. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. There was no statement, mm -hmm. a written statement up there. I think there was a biblical verse or something, which just sort of grounded it within the Christian tradition. 
Yeah. But, and that's what really flamed most of the polyester Christians who drive by and get out and, and jump up and down and spit and yell at the tabs. And you know, it was just really ugly. Um, but, but they didn't need to do that. Uh, the, the image itself spoke volumes about the tradition of the church, about the, the theology of the New Testament and, and about current events. Yeah. And they let the audience, that audience, that hateful audience that came by, they would let them do, <laughs> do the, the well, talk. You know, the, their reaction is part of the art as well. Exactly. You know, that, exactly. that is as much statement as anything else. And that's a very imagistic approach. Yeah, I, and what's really interesting to me too is that everybody understood what was being said. I mean, there's nobody who, who got something else out of it. Everybody yeah. knew. And yeah. I think that's the, sort of the proof of the power of, of, of that kind of communication um, where everybody really understands. You don't have to, you don't, you don't need the words. Nobody needs to explain it. There are a lot of, uh, of, of abstract art just leaves everything open for interpretation. In this particular case, <laughs> There could be interpretations made, but they were, they were like subscript interpretations. They were, they were nuances, and and people might argue about whether such and such was was accurate or something like that. The main story was just hit you on the head, clear. Absolutely. And it, you know, it's it's. Um getting right to that that bible verse uh and that's matthew something i think uh whatsoever you do to the least of my brothers that you do unto me right mm -hmm. he's really drawing up that that part of the, the church yeah so i you know i i know he also was a an art teacher uh before he got in there so yeah, his, his i don't know i don't know what level uh-huh i uh, know he helped write curriculum uh -huh. for the state of california um standards for art education because my in my capacity as a national board um, art person um, I had to look at different state curriculums and California was I mean this is what's so interesting about Terry California's is one of the best in the <laughs> nation uh, they, California doesn't put any money behind it but they sure write a good story. And, and, and uh, California's story was more complex and granular than most. Well, that's right. So, so Terry did his job. We just need to... Uh, he did his job. The yeah. taxpayers and the, and the legislators didn't do theirs. Yeah. Yeah, we need to get uh, Governor Newsom to you know, put some, something behind this. Um, so if, if we're gonna we're gonna make a statement about Terry, what 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 can we say about Terry? What what's what's our final word about this man? A few words. Boy, a hidden complexity. Uh huh. And um, a nuanced understanding of art in general and his own practice in particular. Yeah, my, my wife Anne always says that uh, visual arts. Uh, the, the, the one key thing you need to have is the ability to see things. Uh, 
Um, and that's what people miss is that, you know, I think it's all about dexterity and stuff. And it's no, it's, it's your, your ability to look and really see what's there look and not what you expect to be there. Yeah. And I, I, I get that with Terry. It's beautiful. Yeah, I was thinking about that today, too. Interestingly, I was thinking about my uh, friend, a former uh, Claremont High School graduate, uh, David Kimball Anderson, who's, um, who has mainly distinguished himself for being a, um, a surfer and a, a uh, kind of a political cartoonist in high school, but he's now probably in our class, the, the foremost artist um, and probably the foremost artist in, in, uh, that's currently practicing in, our, um, in Claremont. He's known nationwide. There's coffee table books of his sculpts put out and they're brilliant. He's still working, he's still very productive. And there is a kind of a symmetry between his work and Terry's work. Um, David's a sculptor, mostly. And he also is a photographer and does some drawing in, but mainly he's, he's a sculptor and his pieces are just wonderful. And Terry follows that very much. Um, Usually sculptors are less about seeing things in the world, more about creating something fresh in the world. Um, and that differentiates them. But, but Terry's along in that line. He's not, he's not trying to take photographs of the world. He's trying to create prayers about the world and he incorporates his art to that purpose. Prayers not in the religious sense, but prayers in the spiritual sense. Just doing a quick look at his, his work, I've, I've got two of those books you described and I'm looking around. It's interesting what he decide, he he chooses to color, right? Well, and exactly. That's, that's what you're talking here is about curatorial eye. Yeah. You know, he curates his vi own personal visual experience. Yeah. As he looks, as we all do, but... But he's really good at it. Yeah. Well, he's, he, it seems to me he's mostly doing bases of trees, right? Not, not necessarily, you know, what is tr the true thing? Right. Well, because I think the re there's an answer for that one. If you get caught up with all the leaves, you're in a, a dump truck load of detail. Whereas if you do one single trunk, you're doing two lines and some shading between. Uh-huh. You can't do that with leaves. You can do leaf masses, but then that's not the kind of work he does. He's he's does very clear images of single things within a complicated context. Mm -hmm. That's great. I felt like I cut you off there, Kate. You were you were gonna say something. Oh no, I was just gonna say that in 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 the works that I've seen of his, what always strikes me about uh his uh, applying color to the to the to the pen and ink or the sketches is that he really seems to find the the soul of the place the soul of the place that he's painted or that he's been in and then the color kind of blooms from there right. and it, it, it never extends out to the edges or never you know is fully colored but it's just it it um 
there, there's something about where he starts to put the color and things flow from that, that, that I find really remarkable and very um, beautiful. That's great, yeah. Uh, yeah, I absolutely. And we talk about the, the color blooming. I, I, I feel that I really understand. After seeing his stuff, I really feel what you're talking about. And as an artist, I've got to say that sometimes his color is absolutely counterintuitive. It oh. is not the color you see in nature, but it's yeah. the color you feel there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, I'll come down sometimes and talk to Anne while she's doing color pencil. Yeah. And so what, what are you drawing? So I'm doing the sky and she's got like pink. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know how that works until you see it. And it's, it's exactly right. Exactly. Which is uh, really interesting. Okay. Well, I think that's a, that's a great place to, to stop uh, with, with Terry, unless we have more to say about him. Um, I would like to know just one more thing, John, when you and Scott have conceptualized this, what is the writing going to be? Is it is it going to be poetry? Is it going to be um, stories? Is it going to be vignettes? Yeah, well, you know, Scott and I for a very long time have been uh, trying to find a project together, right? Because we're you know old friends and we've been we're both writers. We do the stuff, and we we had uh, uh, he and I both have a, a love of philosophy. M mine's more religious than his, and. Um, um, but it, so he's he's Nietzsche and I'm, I don't know, John Lacrosse. Uh, and we, <laughs> we were we were going to go in there and uh, uh, write uh, little story, story vignettes. And we that that was the plan. We're looking for a project where we could do that, bring in sort of philosopher per thing. Mm -hmm. And then we uh, uh, saw his work and we said, no, poetry, uh, because it's just and really imagistic poetry and yes. really sort of tightly controlled uh stuff and I, I know scott's been planning some stuff he wants to talk about the uh that what's that which is left intentionally unfinished good which are, looks really interesting to me um, that is really interesting i was so afraid that you're going to try and do illustrative poetry or <laughs> or write something that they that terry's work would be in ill in illustration of and and i'm glad you're not going to do that this is yeah. more important. You need to create tension and dynamism between the writing and the art, you know, especially with Terry's stuff, because his stuff is so rich. Yeah. And I think well, you, you're, you're going to want to you're going to want to match the sort of combination of lightness and air and depth that he puts into his art. You're going to have to match that with your words. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a danger of doing a phrase is, is that you can limit what you're writing about. Um, you you can you can limit the image that you've discussed, uh, put on a, a, a final sort of answer to that thing, uh, and sometimes that that's done well. Um, talk about William Carlos Williams talking about the fall of Icarus, right? He does that well, but sometimes it's 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 done, but a lot of it can be done badly. So I think the two need to have interplay as opposed to um, expl explanation. Absolutely. Okay, well that's a great place to stop. Uh, we'll see you next time in Lynn Valley Art Literature Show. Thanks, John. Thank you, John.